Hi everyone, it's Shiloh and Jonathan. We're having cafe like we do every day, where we start with capitalizing. <laughs> the way to begin making coffee is to begin by capitalizing coffee. <laughs> That's a line from one of Jonathan's poems to me. <clears throat> yeah, the way to the way to make coffee is to begin by capitalizing coffee. Mm -hmm. Because well it's just that important. It is that important. So we have coffee and we're mostly talking about oh, you know, the reality of the the world, the fabric of the weave, the uh, <laughs> internet and AI, the amount of rain we're getting. We cuddle with the kitties and all kinds of things. That's how we get our day started. And sometimes we share that with you. And today we wanted to um, introduce an idea that we talk about all the time privately, but that's sometimes a little bit challenging to talk about in English with others. <laughs> um, and that is the invisible realms. And I'll just say, we're gonna talk about the invisible realms relative to the sale of a painting, funny enough. Because when you talk about the invisible realms, like the field, even though it's not absolutely invisible, it's invisible to the human eye, most human eyes, I know some people can see it. But when we're talking about things like the theory of relativity or E equals MC squared, um, how do we get it really clear and sort of rescue the ideas from over-scientification and also rescue them from over-spiritualization. It's almost like science talks about it all the time, <clears throat> sure. and then spirituality talks about it all the time, sure. but like there's a middle ground, and I feel like Musea is where the middle ground hangs out. Or we at Musea hang out in the middle ground? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of the quad. <laughs> we're on the equal sign. Uh, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So, when we talk about a flow of energy mm -hmm. to matter and matter to energy, I feel like it's important specifically for our community to understand what we're talking about. So I thought uh, talking about a painting sale could give it a really concrete experience. So we um, sold a handful of paintings uh, the past couple weeks, and it was interesting because they were some of the older pieces that we've had in the museum collection for a long time. And... When the paintings sell, I reactivate them by adding intentional custom pieces. Like one woman wanted a sand dollar because that represented something on her painting. And another person wanted um, the elements of a project she's working on woven into the paintings. And she wanted the Pleiades. And interestingly enough, when I looked at the Pleiades image in order to add it to the painting, I kid you not, it literally was already there and because there were stars in the painting so I added some dots some gold dots into that but it was it was already there that happens sometimes but as I'm painting on the paintings especially the ones that are from over 10 years ago I felt the energy activate from the very day when I stopped mm. working on that painting well you know the mind the mind is is like a time machine you can play the film backwards. You can play the film forwards. Uh -huh. You can even put stuff in the film that wasn't ever in the film. Right. Right? And you can certainly forget things that were in the film that you're like, oh, yeah. If right. Somebody reminds you, right? Oh, but remember on that trip, you whatever broke your ankle? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, like mm -hmm. whatever. And so the, the mind is capable of, the mind is capable of time travel. Right. And you can go right back and feel. So what were you, what you were feeling what were you feeling? And the answer is, you were feeling feelings, emotions. Mm -hmm. Emotions are caused by chemicals. Mm -hmm. 
that your the glands of your body express. Mm -hmm. Those glands are told to do so mm -hmm. by your brain, mm -hmm. which is told by your mind to do so. Mm -hmm. So when your mind time travels and you have a feeling of warmth or love or, or whatever it is, or connectedness mm -hmm. or, <clears throat> you know, your favorite day at the beach when you were mm -hmm. painting that or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be, your mind is perfectly capable of time traveling. Right. And uh, because of mirror neurons and other physical devices, mm -hmm. you're capable of feeling the way you felt mm. when, when you were painting or when, mm. you know, when those paintings were part of your active, active experience. And that's because your brain can't, it's not that it can't, it just doesn't decide whether it's then or now. Mm -hmm. It's just, you still feel wonderful mm -hmm. about what you did mm. and you go and your brain goes, Oh, let's go. Your mind goes, Oh, let's go back to the day we painted that. And it feels all warm and fuzzy. So you feel all warm and fuzzy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you're, that whole cascade starts and now you're feeling yummy. Mm. If that's what you were feeling. Um, Correct. But the point I wanted, part of, part of the point I wanted to make, thank you for that, is that those thoughts are thought of as invisible because they happen in the mind, but they're also visual, right? So you're having a visual memory. So it's thought of as invisible because it's in the mind. Meanwhile, it's visible because you're seeing it, which brings in imagination and then the somatics of feeling that moment and then the actual matter-based reality of putting the brush to canvas, which there could be dust on that painting from that day. There's actual, <laughs> yeah. there actual is brush strokes in it. And the three paintings are um, here on the page. And one was the very first class that I taught besides Legend Virtually that was intended for a general audience called Tea with the Muse. It's been um, painted, the inspirational painting for thousands of women to learn how to paint and connect with the muse. So that was emotional, and um, but I felt the thousands of women. And uh, it was mm. many people's introduction to me. And so there's that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that's called I Listen. And then the next one is called, um, I think it's called Be in Love. And that one was the first painting I painted after my separation from my first marriage. I dared myself to travel to LA and lead a workshop in Hollywood and do it all on my own to sort of reinitiate myself. Mm. So that painting was an in-person class with a big group of women in this awesome studio in Hollywood. And so I remembered that that painting being be in love was like this signature point in my life. And in both cases, I could see myself in the exact room. Tea with the Muse was filmed in Charlotte Sophia Gallery in Healdsburg. Yeah, it can be very tactile. It was, you can remember everything about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the third one um, is a painting of um, two horses that I painted when I was moving out of my physical studio at Musea because it was going to be occupied by the artist Rose Hill. And I was we were going to rent the gallery means that on the cinema plaza so that painting was these two horses um sort of representing the masculine feminine in a way could be anything having this sort of sacred encounter and it was connected with our Etruscan um studies in mm -hmm. connection with Florence so mm -hmm. those three paintings I painted on yesterday as I bring them closer to completion um with the essence and the energy of the people who wanted them so mm -hmm. I'm working in matter I am but I'm paying attention to energy and I'm actually encoding 
the painting with their intention through me mm -hmm. and then making it real and then I'm visibly seeing it. Mm -hmm. And so this exchange of energy and matter and the equal sign and imagination and the visible and the invisible, that is life. It's happening all the time. Oh, Everything 100%. is that. In, in, every, in every living system. Yeah, right. Everyone. And it's almost like we're yeah. just... It's like we're just not talking about it. It doesn't seem like it's sexy enough to talk about. But to uh, me, uh, it's super well, sexy. It's also, but it's also it's also somewhat obvious. It's one of those things that happens without your consent or knowledge, right? It's just the, how symbiosis and the world and life works. Well, it's obvious, but we're not paying attention to the obvious. And Correct. we're maybe taking advantage of the obvious. Oh, for <clears> sure. And what could be different, and this is intentional creativity, which is to stop and to feel the feeling and to notice... Because I have to be in integrity. Um, like I went the other day to do the painting and I had just received some bad news, but I went to go work on the paintings and I felt I couldn't in integrity work on the paintings. I had to get my mood right. So it was interesting. I was like, actually, I have to pause. I can't do it right now. I have to wait to feel it. And so um, because I didn't want to transfer my angst through the brush because this painting now belongs to someone else. And so I was thinking about the exchange. So there's an idea, energy. I start to paint it, it becomes matter. I behold what's on the painting, it becomes energy through the form of thought. Energy through the form of thought then impacts my next action, which informs the painting. Now we have a painting that exists in matter. Yes. Okay, so now that matter sits there for a while, but Sue, and some, I used to sell paintings like almost the same day that I painted them, but now I have hundreds of paintings. In case you want one, I have some available. Uh, um, yeah. Because I've taught so much, it's because of teaching. So, yeah, so yeah. then the painting exists, and so you used to say the paintings are resonators. So the resonators, they're holding the intention that I have. Whether people can feel that or not, they can see it, and so they're looking at matter, and then they're having an energy response through looking at it. Otherwise, you wouldn't buy a painting. There has to be an emotional bridge. Right, and that's energy and somatics. That's right. So there's a simultaneity. Energy is becoming matter, and matter is becoming energy every second. That's right. Okay. There's a trade. There's a trade. So now we have, you know, whenever the, the person who belongs to the painting comes into the space, which I always think of the paintings belong to people, and they have to find me and find the painting. Mm -hmm. They have their exchange. They understand and recognize this is their painting. And then we have an exchange of actual money and matter because money people call ener money energy a lot but i think it's more like an agreement but there's still a physical aspect we have a credit card or cash or check or whatever so matter is exchanged and a relationship happens that isn't transactional because now this person is a collector which is sacred in the realm of the artist so mm -hmm. it's a sacred exchange and then the matter of the painting gets reactivated with their intention and mine and then they receive the painting all of those are energy and matter exchanges. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're subtle. They're fast. They're not typically observed in that way. But mm -hmm. note, they are no less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. We're going to be sharing about it in our community during our Imprint Siva, um, which is our higher level museum membership at Musea. You can find out more about becoming a member at imusea.org. This is advertising. It's paid for iMusea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but um, 
Anyway, these are the kinds of things we like to talk about. Opinions are not those of the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Your results may vary. Uh, I've never known why I felt so fixated on the equal sign, but it's becoming more and more clear. And um, as we look at Einstein and also Buckminster Fuller, um, he talks about, they both talk about the equation being beautiful. And if it's not beautiful, it's not the right equation. And I know that beautiful to a scientific mind is is different than the beauty of a landscape. But to me, the beauty of energy becoming matter and matter becoming energy is the human experience. And I want us to pay attention to it because the moment of that transition where energy becomes matter in the life of a person or in the life of an artist or a musician or whoever it is, is a somatic experience. Without question. And we're often not paying attention to that feeling. I mean, when you say science... You know, it could, it transcends both ways. I mean, a scientist, whatever, but like I've known, I've known coders, like went back in the days of when they used to write code by hand. And I've actually walked in on an old friend of mine, his name is Weston, and he was crying. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? He's like, I just wrote this beautiful piece of code. Yeah. And code he, is, he, poetry is code and code is poetry. It's poetry, right? And so think about how many musicians you know, musicians write these scores and at the end of it, they just break down and weep for a week because they're just like, I can't, it just came out of me. It's like, totally right. And so, so, and, and, and music, music is this straight math. Yeah. Right. And So. so I love everything we're talking about because it just brings our attention to the reality that, that musical notes or code notes or even letters themselves let us not forget that they all came from image which represented something or a sound and they're still images i think we can lose track of letters and code being images that represent something and then that makes me think of the 32 symbols across ice age europe that were common that our people um that our ancestors brought from africa and that this way of translating energy to matter in the form of language and lettering, and then we look at it and we have that feeling and that awareness. It's just it's, a miracle. It's the power of the word, right? <laughs> it is a miracle. You know, and then the counterpoint to that, though, which is interesting, is um, Aboriginal beliefs around writing. They're not big fans mm. because they feel that they call them sound symbols. Yeah. So when you make a scratch on a page with mm. a pen, mm. you're making a symbol that represents a sound. Mm. Because for, you know, 7,000 generations or something wacky, right? Nobody ever wrote anything down. They had, mm. they had mnemonics and, mm. and history that was fluid. And they believed... But they did the, lots of cave art. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, but those that's still... Um, Different than a word. It's, it's emblematical, right? It's but not I, linguistic. It's not, it's not. It's not really in the same genre. But the the Aboriginals didn't didn't do much in the way of cave art. They would maybe uh, pile up stones to indicate something. Um, they had a lot of different things. I don't um, know if that's true, but okay. You know, I don't know, but no, I don't but think so. what I'm reading right now uh, by Tyson Yankapurna is basically the Aboriginals in this conversation. The Aboriginals have a orientation towards dislike towards the written word, especially in the occupier's language, which is right, English. which is the whole thing. To try to assign value or meaning mm-hmm. to something that's, that they believe is more energetic and mm-hmm. ethereal mm-hmm. In, the, in the spoken word and the narrative. 
Yeah, like in that book. Just as a counterpoint to thinking about how powerful it actually is. Right, and then in that book, I, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it's basically like Tyson um, says, you know, he even hesitated to write these things down because as soon as he wrote it down, it would lose its original something. Yeah, you know? it kind of loses its oomph. Yeah, right? so but, uh, I talk about that with... Um, trying to explain intentional creativity is like trying to uh, put a cloud in an evening gown. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for tuning in. And um, we invite you to pay attention to the equal sign in your life. And as I'm about to hit the pause button on the recording, I noticed that the pause button is an inverted equal sign. So I'm going to pause here, but I know what it equals. <laughs>